Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you for your spirit that teaches your word to us. Thank you for your son who died for us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 45, verse 17, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, say unto thy brethren, this do ye, laid your beasts, go get you into the land of Canaan. Take your father, your households, come unto me, and I'll give you the good of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, for your wives, bring your father, come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land is yours. Children of Israel did so. Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, gave them provisions for the way. To all the men he gave, each man changes a raiment to each. And to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner, 10 asses laden with the good things of Egypt, 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father, by the way, and he sent his brethren away, and they departed, and he said unto them, See that you fall not out by the way. They went up out of Egypt, came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob. Their father told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. He is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Okay, now, in our last study, we saw how the brothers, they got all these last instructions from Joseph as he was sending them off, and the last instruction which he got was in verse 24, when he told them, see that you fall not out by the way. And we looked at all the different ways that they could fall out by the way, infinite number of ways. But Anyways, he told them, whatever ways they were, just make sure you don't fall out by them. And then we saw how, of course, this whole chapter is one of Joseph making himself known to his brothers. He's sending them back to Canaan to bring down their fathers, but but, and and he's giving all these specific instructions. And one of the instructions that he gave that was very, very important is he said to them, don't condemn yourselves. Don't condemn yourselves for having betrayed me, for having sold me as a slave into Egypt. And that's what he said in verse 5 when he said, Therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. So he's telling his brothers, don't don't condemn yourselves when what you've done. And when we hear him saying that, we hear the Lord saying the same thing to us, that as, as awful as we've been, 
Don't condemn yourselves. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So Joseph, he, he, he wanted them really to get their eyes off of what they had done and to put their eyes on what God had done. Now that's good advice. That's good advice to take our eyes off ourselves and to put our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. And that's what he was emphasizing in verse five when he said, God did send me before you to preserve life. So Joseph had told them that they were to emphasize to their father that God had made him this great ruler over all of Egypt. And in essence, he was trying to tell them, to tell their father that, look, Egypt is not such a foreign place because, 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 because Joseph is over all of Egypt. And that's the, and that comes back to us as well because we think about heaven. It seems pretty strange in heaven, three, four dimensions, whatever. And, but yet the Lord Jesus Christ is over heaven and that makes heaven not to be foreign to us. And, and, and then he emphasized to them in verse nine, his whole invitation was simply, come down to me. Come down to me. They were to emphasize that this was Joseph who was inviting them. They weren't to emphasize in verse 10 that, 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 that Joseph had prepared a place for them, for the, for the, for their family and for, for their father in the land of Goshen. And they were to emphasize in verse 13 that Joseph had great glory in Egypt. And then we saw how Pharaoh went right along and he commanded his brothers, you take all these, these, these things, you take these tokens, tokens of love to, to, to your father and, and to your, the, your wives, the wives and the little ones. And so he, he wanted these Egyptian wagons to be loaded up with provisions. And, and we saw how, 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 how it was Pharaoh was the one who gave the great advice in verse 20. Forget about what you have there. Just leave it all behind because what's in Egypt is so much better. So just don't cling to worthless things like your furniture. So, so, so the brothers, they got all loaded up to go. They've got the exact right words that they're going to say to Jacob. They got all the provisions and off they went. In verse 25, they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father. See how it says that? Unto Jacob their father. Now, when it says that, are you like me? Do you wonder what they were thinking? You know, what, what are they thinking when it says they, you know, they came coming out into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father? I wonder if any of them were saying, you know, Joseph, he did a really good job of preparing us for everything that he wants us to say to dad. And now that, now that we're coming into Canaan, we're, we're going to see dad soon. There's just one important thing that Joseph didn't prepare us for. And, and that is, what are we going to tell dad about how Joseph happens to be alive right now? <laughs> when we told dad that Joseph was dead. So, you know, so, 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 I mean, another one would, would, might, might say something like, yeah, you know, you know, Joseph didn't tell us what to say to dad about how Joseph's still alive. And maybe they thought more about it. And one might say, but Joseph really did prepare us. 
He really did prepare us for what to say. You remember when he said, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. And, and, and maybe somebody said, yeah, that's it. That's what we'll say. We'll say, you know how Joseph got down there? God sent him there. It was a miracle. <laughs> I mean, it must have been that Joseph just got loose of that wild animal and God miraculously sent him down there to preserve life. But okay, so then they probably said, no, that, you know, would you believe? No. Anyway, but really, when you think about it, Joseph had prepared them. Because with those words, when he said that, what he said, about God sending him down there to prepare life, it was a preparation, and it wasn't a lie. I mean, obviously, they had to own up to their father that what they'd done, they had to confess. They had confessed their father that they had deceived him, but they were to balance out their contrition with an emphasis on God that he had sent Joseph down there to, into Egypt to preserve life. So, so, so they're thinking about this as they're heading back there, and they finally reach their father in verse 26, and, and they say to him, they say to him in verse 26, and told them, say, Joseph is yet alive, and he's the governor over all the land of Egypt. And then what happens? Jacob's heart faints, <laughs> fainted, for he believed them not. Now, probably the way this thing sort of looks like it came about Probably the brothers, they rode on their donkeys a waves in front of the wagons. So they, so they reached Jacob first. And it seems that the, that, that the way this is constructed here, that the brothers speak in verse 26 while the wagons are way far back in verse 27. So you can imagine that, the, that when they were separating from the wagons there to go ahead, you can imagine them then saying to the Egyptian with the wagons, look, uh, we're just going to ride ahead a little bit because, yeah, there's a few little things we need to tell our father first, you know, a little private things here before the wagons come. So so we're going to go ahead, you know. And, and, and we can picture the, bro- the brothers then arriving on their donkeys, and, and there's no wagons there for Joseph to, uh, Jacob, for Jacob to see at first. And so the brothers, they get there first, they jump off of their donkeys, and they say without any explanation, no preamble, no introduction, they just blurt out, Joseph is yet alive. And now, that's a great message, and that's a message that revived the disciples when they, when they learned that the Lord Jesus was alive. And, but, but, but just to, no introduction, no, nothing, instead just blurting out, Joseph is yet alive. I mean, it was a total shock. I mean, it was a total shock for Jacob because who are the brothers that Jacob was worried about? Yeah, it was Benjamin and Simeon. That's the brothers that, that Jacob was worried about. He, 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 you know, he, he wasn't thinking about Joseph. And so you gotta, we gotta imagine that, you know, that, that Jacob, when, when they blurt this out, Jacob is tempted to say, Joseph? You mean Simeon and Benjamin, right? I mean, that's who I've been sitting here worrying about. I've been at home here worrying if, if, if Benjamin and Simeon were going to come home or not. And now you're talking about Joseph. What are you talking about Joseph? And so Jacob never wanted to talk about Joseph again. Why? Because that was his favorite son. 
and his favorite son was dead. And Jacob didn't want to relive the pain all over again about by talking about Joseph. I mean, after all, it's been 22 long years, long enough for Jacob to forget about Joseph, or at least to put, put that somewhat to rest. But now this is all brought back to his mind when he hears jo- jo- Joseph is yet alive. So for Jacob, Joseph's been a closed case. I mean, Joseph was dead. I mean, Jacob had gone through this tremendous grieving and, and, and for Joseph. Remember in, in, in chapter 37, verse 32, in chapter 37, 32, where it says, they sent the coat of many colors. They brought it to their father and said, this have we found. No, Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, it is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters, we don't know about those daughters, but anyways, evidently there was more than Dinah, but Dina, all his daughters rose up to comfort him, for he refused to be comforted, and he said, I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning, Thus his father wept for him. So he's gone through all this. He's already gone through all this renting of the clothes. For Joseph, he's gone through the mourning for many days. For Joseph, he's done all of his wailing of an evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. He's done all that. He's already resolved that his life was gonna be one of just a constant mourning until he goes down to the grave to his son. So this issue of Joseph's deaths, it's already been processed. There's closure. There's been closure for Jacob. And so now for the brothers to all of a sudden appear on the scene in verse 26 and blurt out, Joseph is yet alive, it it makes his heart faint. Now, Jacob doesn't know whether or not to believe his sons. In fact, he, he doesn't believe his sons. He doesn't believe his sons. In fact, he never believed his sons. He never believed his sons when, when they led him to believe that some wild beast had killed Joseph. They, uh, Jacob always believed that his sons killed Joseph. That's what he always believed. That he, that he always believed that his sons had killed his favorite son, Joseph. So after Jacob is now listening to his sons, telling that it was Joseph that they were talking about, and that Joseph was yet alive. This is the point where Jacob said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You sent me Joseph's coat that was all torn up and had blood all over it. You were the ones who said you found it in the field. You led me to believe that Joseph was killed by this wild animal. What do you mean Joseph is yet alive? Now, here it's what's not written in the text that's so interesting, because it, this has got to be the place where the brothers just did some serious confession of their sins and of the treachery and how they had tricked their father into believing a lie, deceived him, and, and practically killed their father for years with grief, not to mention all the pain and the suffering that they caused Joseph by selling him as a slave into Egypt. And, and for that matter, who knows if Joseph even elaborated on the whole false accusation issue with Potiphar's wife and being cast into prison, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
I mean, this has got to be where they confess their sin of treachery to Jacob and what they had done to Joseph. It's got to be here. And they, 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 they had to come clean with their father. I mean, the days of lying to their father, it's over for them. And, and they're not going to try to pull off a would you believe Joseph got out of the fight alive with the animal and so forth. So they just told Jacob the truth about what happened. Now, however they packaged it, whatever they said, Jacob didn't buy it. Jacob didn't buy it at all. I mean, poor Jacob, he's just paralyzed when he hears this. He's paralyzed with doubt and fear, and his heart is overwhelmed. I mean, it's just too much. And you can see at the verse 26 when it says, Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. You know, you can see this link between fainting and not believing or unbelief. I mean, the reason is given there of why Jacob fainted is because he didn't believe them. He didn't believe them. And that's the reason why we faint as well. It's because of unbelief. I mean, this link between fainting and unbelief, it's brought out. David brings it out, brought it out in Psalm 27, 13. Psalm 27, 13, where David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And what is the land of the living? That's heaven. What is earth? It's the land of death. But what is the heaven? Heaven is the land of the living. We live in the land of death. But the hope of heaven that keeps us from, it's that hope that keeps us from fainting. It's the hope of heaven. So when Jacob hears that Joseph was yet alive, his response is in verse 26, he believed them not. And it's interesting that, that Jacob, he did believe his sons when they told him Joseph was dead, in essence, but he doesn't believe them now when he says Joseph is alive. I mean, it's just, you know, what, what, what it kind of looks like here is that Jacob is more open to receive and believe bad news than he is to receive and believe good news. Now, isn't that the way it is with us? Isn't that the way it is with us? We're more open to receive uh, to receive and believe bad news than we are to to to, to open to re, to receive and, and, and believe good news. I mean, we accept what discourages us, and we we just don't really receive what encourages us. Well, anyway, it's pretty clear that Jacob did not trust his sons, and we re, when we read what the, what the sons told them. <clears throat> They told him in verse 27, it says, and they told him all the words that of Joseph, which he had said unto them. There's an emphasis there. You know, he told them all the words which Joseph had said unto him. It shows that the brothers, they took seriously the, 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 that they were on this mission by Joseph, the Lord, far away from them and, and Canaan, and they were being faithful. They were being faithful to Joseph. And it shows us how, like the brothers, we've been sent by our Lord far away, and we need to be faithful, like the, like, like, like the brothers were, to tell all the words that we should say, especially the lost. That's our mission. And when it says that, 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 that they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, it shows us something here, that Joseph, that, that, that the brothers were speaking for Joseph, and, 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 and later, when Jacob would see the wagons and finally believe them, then he would know 
that the brothers were really speaking for Joseph. I mean, Jacob would look at his sons, and, and it, finally, when he does believe, he's going to look at his sons and he say, they're speaking for Joseph. I mean, th- this scene here in verse 26 of, you know, they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. It reminds me when I was in elementary school and, and junior high school, and, and, you know, we used to have these school plays, you know, that we had to perform in the auditorium. And all the parents would come and sit in the seats, you know, and, and there was a curtain there, and all of us kids would be lined up, you know, by the teacher and, and, and before the curtain opened. And, and our teacher would stand off to the side, you know, so they couldn't see her there. And she, told, she would tell us, don't be scared because she's going to be right on the side there, hidden from view, and, and we'd be able to hear her. Yeah? And then the moment came when the, when the curtain would open, and we'd see all those people out there and our parents, and we'd be terrified. And, and our, I mean, our class was really like Spanky and our gang. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, none of us kids could remember our lines. And, and when we'd get out there and the curtain would open and see the parents and that big crowd, we'd just freeze. It just would freeze. And just like Marta, our teacher standing off the side there, she would whisper loudly our lines. And we could all hear her whisper loudly, to be or not to be. (laughs) And we'd all take a deep breath and and say, to be or not to be, and then wait for the next line for her to tell us what it was. I mean, it was so obvious that, that, that those lines were not coming from us. You know, we were just following what the teacher was saying uh, because everyone could hear her whispering loudly <laughs> to us. I, I mean, I used to think, you know, the audience surely knows that the teacher is cueing us so, with all of our lines. They all knew that, we, you know, we could remember complicated Shakespeare lines. We were just kids, you know. My elementary school was West Hollywood uh, Elementary School. My, my junior high was Emerson Junior High School. And some of my classmates were David Cassidy, who just died, and, and, and John Landon, who went on to show business. And, and, and who could tell that, that, that this kid, David Cassidy or John Landon, were going to have a career in reciting lines? Couldn't tell it there. <laughs> well, that's the way it was for Jacob. He was listening to his sons to recite their lines, and it was so clear it was so clear to Jacob that Joseph was speaking through his sons when his son spoke. Jacob could hear Joseph whispering loudly on the sidelines when his son spoke. Now, this scene in verse 26 of they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, that's a picture for us of how we need to listen to the Bible, of how we need to listen to preaching, of how we need to listen to the words of the hymns. We need to listen just like Jacob listened to his sons, and he heard Joseph speaking through his sons. And so what Jacob did was he saw beyond his son speaking, and Jacob heard Joseph speaking through his sons. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 